In a not-so-stable world, it is crucial to amplify the right message. At the Stream Grace Network, our goal is to do just that. We are adding to our stable of podcasters every month, and we are growing. This is where you come in. We want to share in that growth. If you are a small business owner looking to grow your business, we'd love it if you'd consider allowing one of our podcasters to endorse you, your products, or services. The best part is that endorsement will never stop running in any episode it is a part of, ever. This is a unique and rare benefit in digital advertising. We want everything we do to be uplifting and to encourage positive growth. And we'd love to partner with you. For more information, visit us online at StreamGrace.com or email us at support at StreamGrace.com. God bless. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Thanks for joining us on the Renewed You podcast. We're here to help you discover how mental, physical, and spiritual health combine to help you live your best life. We want to give you hope, tools, and encouragement because the world needs a renewed you. Now, here's your host, John Yule. Hey, good evening or afternoon, everybody. So glad that you are with us whenever you're listening to this podcast. It is an honor to be with you today and to have you join us again. My name is John Yule, and I'm a pastor in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, of a church called New Life Church. And uh, we believe in healing our whole person, our mind, our body, and our soul. And um, so we are glad that you are with us as we're going to kind of talk about the mind today and how the mind uh, through meditation and something spirit, a spiritual practice called prayer can actually help you let go of emotions, let go of, of bad memories and actually set you on path to uh, be much more positive in your own personal outlook, as well as discovering how God, a connection to God, communicating with God can actually um, uh, set you towards the best life you could ever live. And uh, my guest today is very special to me because it is my dad. Hey, dad, how are you? I'm great. So my dad's name is John as well. So I'm John Jr. He's John Sr. And we actually pastor this church together. And um, it's just a, a honor to have you. And I know from my own life, the journey that my dad has taken, um, the dad that you're going to hear today is not necessarily the dad that I grew up with because he actually went through a process that we're talking about in this podcast where he got renewed. Um, dad, why don't you just talk about what the word renewed means to you? Well, uh, in simple terms, it's like taking an old automobile or an old house and refurbishing it, uh, making it, uh, bringing it back to its original condition, perhaps. Um, and we certainly need that continually in our individual uh, walk with Christ, in our individual life. Um, otherwise, things become just stale and mundane. And um, there's a scripture uh, in Ephesians or in Revelation two about the Ephesian church that had uh, uh, left their first love, they left their original passion that they had for God, and they were a great church, but they didn't have the passion and the heart for God that they used to have. You read in Acts two when Paul founded that church, it was a powerful church, took over the city, 
transformed everything. But the people became just ritualistic and uh, wrote in all of their religious activity. And so it just become a, a mundane existence. And uh, we can all get there if we're not careful in any, in our personal relationships with our wives, with our kids and, and everything. We can just sort of be, become mundane and ritual and just get up and well, another day, you know, and go through the day. But when you're renewed, you have, you have this, it's like the, the sky's bluer and the grass is greener. There's something fresh. And, and uh, I believe the Bible teaches us to continually be renewed all the time. So again, that we can be on top of our game, if you will. We can be sensitive to whatever direction God has for us day by day. We can be more aware, more sensitive to people around us and and uh, just be be more um, effective as individuals, as a parent, as a husband, as a, a worker on a job, whatever the case may be. Well, I know from um, our life how this renewing process dramatically changed, not just you personally, but it did change your outlook. It, it, it affected every part of your life. And um, so let's let's kind of jump back a little bit um, to I don't know let's let's go back to like 1975 1976 um, that was about the time that that we moved to Bartlesville and you right. took the first church and just talk about your mentality at that point you know uh, how did you view view life and um, uh, was it more of a performance structure for you um talk about that yeah i don't know initially initially i mean i was i was really quote on fire i was really motivated uh i was born again in california in uh, 71 then we moved to shawnee i worked in a bank for four years uh, all the time knowing god had called me and so i was doing some self-preparation and working in local church and doing everything everything i could um to equip myself to minister as as effectively as i as i could uh, but you never you never really know what it's all about till you get out there and it's all on your shoulders. And that's what Bartlesville was like. But I was as green as an apple could be, but I was uh, zealous. I was motivated, uh, had, loved God, loved people, just wanted to do something for God, wanted to make a difference in the lives of people. So initially, uh, there was a lot of zeal. There was a lot of motivation, a lot of, um, I don't know, just uh, just a sort of a fire in my soul, you know. Uh, but like anything else, you you can once you learn how to do something, and you can learn how to preach, you can learn how to pastor, you can learn how to do things, and you if you're not careful, you fall back, you default back to just functioning in a ritualistic mindset or attitude. And I think that can be true for anybody. If somebody is listening today and they're in the business world yeah. and maybe when they started their job, there was this, there was that passion like you're talking about. And then you, you kind of get into the system and the system kind of takes over and yeah, we can function, but we may not have the life right. inside of us that makes that um, job to be something we enjoy. Right. Even, even in a marriage, we can be that way. We get married, we're, we're uh, got that zeal in us for right. our spouse and then life begins to happen. You have kids, you get jobs, you get bills. And then suddenly you, you find yourself just in that mode where right. you're just functioning, but right. there really is no life generating inside of you. So that's kind of what it was like for you. That's, in, the, in the, way time it, that's, that's the way it was at that time. And, um, and it, generally it, it, it's, it sort of happens in, in, in little by little, little by little, little by little. And over a course of time, you realize, wow, this isn't what it used to be. It becomes more laborious. It becomes more of a, a weight. Uh, we call it a burden of ministry. Uh, 
and then it begins to be heavy and weigh down on you. And, and before long, it's a struggle rather than just a, a joy. And uh, so we all, I, I, th- I think we all go there at various times. It's just a matter of what do we do when we get there. And um, so that was where I was for a number of years. Um, and then uh, the Lord brought us to Oklahoma City to this current uh, assignment that we're on. And then um, I think that was in 87. And then about mid-90, 95, something like that, it was like God sovereignly, sovereignly showed up. I mean, I just say it was like the Holy Spirit stepped into the room. I could sense his presence, just like if you would be there, except I couldn't see you, but I knew there was a personage there, you know. And he began to deal with me, he engaged me, and he showed me my heart and showed me where I had missed missed things and um, really brought me to a place of conviction again that I really had lost something. I didn't have what I used to have, and I didn't have what I needed to go forward in the way that he wanted me to. And so that started me on a process, process of about a three-month journey through this transformative uh, experience that I had with God which literally set everything up for even what you and I are doing today. And I'm still living in the, I'm, I'm living in the flow of that. And I learned, I learned how to continually renew myself daily in the Lord to, to, to stay sensitive and, and focused and responsive. Uh, and so I thank God for it because I didn't know how bad a shape I was in. I didn't know how bad a shape the, the quote, the, the church or the people was in because I was just going through the motions of religiosity, so to speak. And just, I'd learn how to preach. I was going to get paid for it. Uh, had everything copacetic in the church. Everybody loved each other, liked each other, but there was no real life flow. There was, there was right. no magnetism that attracted and drew people like Jesus carried something that the religious crowd didn't have that drew people to him. And it was the anointing, the, 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 the impetus of God that was upon his heart and life that caused people to realize he's different. He talks right. different. He functions different. And he has something I desire, right? And so, and I think that when you talk about meditation, prayer, developing a relationship with the Father, it's that we can position ourselves to, to be somewhat of a conduit where the life of the eternal God can flow into us and through us continually, and that that, that we carry something, and, and that people begin to notice there's something different. You may not have to say a thing, but when you show up in a room, you can sort of change the atmosphere in the room, not intending to, but just because what's upon your life. And that happened to me, and it shifted everything in the congregation and shifted everything in the uh, toward the future that we're walking and living in right now. You said that um, that when you went through this renewal thing, um, that uh, it was like a rebirthing or a refiring in your life. Um, and I think for some people, they may be thinking, well, you know, that that's great for ministry, but how does that really apply to me? And I think one of the, the things that we want to try to address throughout this podcast is that everything is spiritual. And I think that's one of the problems we've got in our culture right now is we've been cloned and thought or taught to think in a way of, well, this is this part of the world. And then you've got this other amoeba over here, the spiritual thing. And, and they really don't intersect. And in fact, even in our culture, if they do intersect, you know, that may not always be a positive thing from some people's point of view, but all of us 
have this spiritual side to us. And we're never going to really become who we were designed to be if we ignore that specific side of us, that spiritual side. Um, You said, I I know that prayer was important to you. Prayer, Mm -hmm. meditation, that's going to be kind of the theme for the next few minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, So for some people, you know, they may not see the need to meditate. Maybe they've grown up in church and they get the idea of prayer, Mm -hmm. but the idea of meditating, you know, that sounds like weird. But um how, how, you know, Romans, uh, Romans talks about how that we've got to be renewed in our mind, mm-hmm. that that's really the place where, where transformation takes place. So how did prayer and meditation help you change the way you think? Well, um, first of all, I, I, the Lord showed me that, and everything begins from this revelation and it, it's found in the, in the book of Genesis that we are a tripart being. We're spirit, mind, and body, holistically made. And all three of those need to be in sync and in harmony for us to live out the the fullness of the sense of what Jesus called the abundant life. And so, uh, but but you can segment, segment, if you will, your life to the degree that, you know, you may be thinking more on uh, things of this world than you are on things of God. You may have a, a desire in your heart for God, but your motivation is toward doing things in the natural order. I mean, there can be this this um, plethora of feelings and emotions, but it's not really focused. It's not really generated. It's not really flowing. And so what happened to me when, when the Lord, the Holy Spirit encountered me, he arrested me in the sense that he He identified where I was at at that time. And he, he immediately said, go read the story of the Good Samaritan again. And I did. And he said, you're the priest and the Levite. You're so busy doing ministry, you're not really ministering. You're walking mm-hmm. by people every day who have needs, and, and you don't see them because you're so caught up in your own right. life, right? And so it challenged me to repent, to have a change of mind, which is what repentance means as much as anything else, to, to rethink things and to begin to focus on what he had called me to do and who he had called me to be. Uh, and again, ministry can become um, uh, uh, somewhat uh, j- just pragmatic and principled. You just learn to do it, so you just do it. But it, it has to flow out of a relationship with, with the Father. Right. And this is what he showed me. He said, uh, you know, I didn't save you to win the world, build a church, save people. I saved you for myself, son, Revelation 4.11. For my pleasure, I created you. I want you. I don't want, I don't want what you can do for me. I want you. Well, that right there, there's something I know when I talk to young people um, that they feel like, you know, that that they know there's something inside of them that they want to contribute. Most of them want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And yet they're stepping into a world that really is self-driven. Right. You know, where it, where our generation, we kind of have created this thing where it's all about me. And now we've got this younger crew that's coming up going, no, it's about us. Right. You know, I I don't, I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. And um, so that, that can kind of build a disconnect with some people, but the more that we can come to understand that even with God, he doesn't want you to do anything for him. He doesn't want you because of what you can do, which is completely different again from what the world has built. It's all about resumes and here's what I can do for you. But he really just wanted you for a relationship. And I think people will hear you say that and wonder, is that really possible? Is it really possible to have a relationship with God, 
not based on what I do or don't do. It is. And again, that's the way God intended it. Go back to the, to the pattern in, in Genesis. He created Adam to be with him. He gave Adam everything, gave Eve everything. They just had to, quote, take care of it. They didn't have to produce anything. He just created them to have a love relationship with him and that he could love them, right? And, that, and that's the original pattern. And, um, and so, uh, yes, that, that, can, that can be a reality for all of us. And what I found was when I, ha- when I stepped back and refocused to develop a relationship with God that I had never had in, at that time, almost 20 years of ministry, I would pray when I needed to pray. I would go to God to get something from God because I needed his help in some way, you know. But I never built built a relationship one-on-one, just like I'm talking with you, where we would just be together, and I would hear him, and I'd share my heart with him, and we had this dialogue. Um, and so as I began to do that, I began to realize that if I would seek him first, as the Bible says, seek first the kingdom, seek first a relationship with God, then everything flows out of that. What I discovered was before I would get up and do things, quote, for God. But again, it was an effort. It was a struggle. It was laborious. It was like you were pushing against a boulder. But when you have this relationship with God, it's like he now does it through you. He who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. Mm -hmm. It is the Father who works in you to will and to do his good pleasure, right? So if we understand that, we come into a relationship with him and we establish that first and foremostly every day. Then his life force flows through us and begins to accomplish his will, his plan, his purpose. And we sort of sync up with God and his plan and purpose for our life where we begin to walk in step with the Lord. Right. And what I found was it made my day so much lighter. It made my it made my experiences so much more enjoyable. I found out he's a great setup artist that if I come to him first and surrender to him and develop a relationship with him, then go out into my day trusting that he's directing my steps and just that Lord show me and tell me type thing, that he has things already set up. And if I step into them, I find he's already there waiting on me to bring to pass what he wills for my life each and every moment, each and every day, each and every relationship. It's it's all the same. But it 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 it's established and is maintained through this intimacy with the Lord through meditation and prayer, where we start our day that way. And then everything in that day becomes ordered by God and it becomes a glorious way to live. I don't know what quote a burden of ministry is anymore. I don't know what struggle is anymore because I just go, I have that relationship with him, that time with him every morning. And then I just go into my day, Lord, show me and tell me. And just, it's just a free, free flow of his grace that works in and through our life. And it's, it, it's like putting, it's like lifting your sails on a, on a beautiful lake or sea and he just blows you along. It's, it's, it's inconceivable humanly, but it is a reality in a spiritual dimension. If we establish that relationship with our father, we see everything. Your mother even loved me more because, (laughs) yeah, because she saw the change in me. And I didn't try to produce anything. You know, sometimes in marriage, we try to be better for our spouse or be better for this. It just, he just was working in me and it shifted things. So she, she wanted me to get up and go pray every day. She wanted me to walk this out because it changed me in maybe subtle ways, but even in more dynamic ways than I realized. And it changed the way the people of the congregation viewed me and 
and set us up for the property we're on, the building we're in, other buildings we're going to build in the future we have, because that was God's plan all along. I was just missing it because I wasn't prepared for it. But when we come into oneness with him, he can begin to download all that he has for us. And we can start walking that out and living that out. And then his will, not my will, but his will becomes the will that it's done, right? All right. So uh, explain your your view on the difference between, let's try to draw a distinction, uh-huh. between meditation and prayer. All right. Well, to a degree, meditation is... There's a scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. There's a knowing that comes through stillness. Now, again, I wasn't taught this and I didn't experience this early on because uh, that wasn't a part of our uh, religious heritage. Right. It's like, you know, get up, get going. Let's go. Let's go in the world type thing, you know. But I learned in those times of intimacy with the Lord where I would just quiet my spirit and I communed with him and I discovered him in a deeper, more intimate way. And I would hear him more clearly. I would sense him more clearly just by being silent and allowing my spirit and my soul, the imagery of my mind, because the, um, the, the, the meditation it's sort of like it's the embryo it's, it's it's or it's the womb of creativity that as i silence myself i begin to envision things that he impresses upon me that enables me to step out in faith to accomplish things so it sort of is a is a womb that births dreams and visions right um and his dream and vision, not mine. I mean, I can create anything. You can create anything. Go out and try and do it, which most people do in life. Right. But what is it to have him download and impart to you what he wants for you? And then you begin to embrace that, begin to see that, begin to confess that, begin to move toward that. And so meditation is a time you just quiet yourself and you just allow, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to your spirit. One of my favorite scriptures as I went through my own you know, renewal that this Mm -hmm. podcast is coming out of. Mm -hmm. Um, I had two scriptures that I thought about when I was going through the journey of learning what meditation is for me. Um, And the first one was of course, from the 23rd Psalm. And and I remember thinking about the statement, he leads me beside still waters. Mm -hmm. Um, Another translation says quiet waters. Right. Okay. Well, what, what is that talking about? You Mm -hmm. know I mean? And then I begin to, find streams mm-hmm. places of moving water and i literally would go and i would practice trying to quiet my mind enough that i didn't hear the sound right. of the water and so meditation is this time where you literally shut off right. other inputs of distracting information so that you can get into this zone where you're able to focus and another one of my favorite scriptures out of psalm 131 says but i have calmed and quieted myself I'm like a wean child from its mother, like a wean child. I'm content. This whole point right. of coming to a place to where I don't need to draw life from somebody else, which is the child who, who draws life from right. his mother, but I become self-sufficient right? and I've quieted myself so that I can hear uh, what it is that, that I believe God is speaking into mm-hmm. me or if I need to, if I'm in a creative mode and um, where I'm needing to produce some content or something, I've found that if I can just cut off mm-hmm. the distracting information and meditate for a little bit and focus on that one thing, um, 
it's able to come to life in a much much better way is that kind of what you're describing right right that 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 is true uh, and you know when when we're talking like we are right now there's a part of our brain that is active and alive and functioning but if i quiet myself and i don't talk that part of my brain becomes dormant but that's a part that the holy spirit can impress and uh reveal things to me uh uh, there's a whole spiritual dynamic to that if people really wanted to look into it. And, and they've proven scientifically this is true, that there's an element of your brain when you cease talking and you get over into a spiritual dimension, uh, you know, whether it's it's uh, in, in whatever way you express your heart toward God, it, it takes on a different dimension, your, that part of your brain. But but anyway... Um, well, hold on, because I think this is important, what you just said right there. I think that some people who may be listening today maybe thinking, you know, well, why do I need to meditate? What really is, is the advantage of this quieting, you know, myself. And so I I just want, I think we need to make sure that everybody understands that meditation is not some incense burning thing. You're, you're doing a chant, but really what it is, is it's, it's narrowing your focus of your mind to a singular spot. It would be like taking uh, it would be like taking water and pouring it through a funnel. Or mm. um, when I was learning it, uh, for me, the image that I got was a water hose when I was a kid and how the water would come out of the hose. But as I would close my finger over the outlet, I would was able to shoot the water farther. Sure. That's the idea is we are all bombarded with distracting information. Driving down the road, your eyes are always glancing at mm-hmm. things that are offering distracting information mm-hmm. and meditation is the ability to shut all of that down. And for some people, some people don't even know how, how beautiful it is to yeah. cut out the distractions and be able to just focus. I have found that I have much more peace mm-hmm. in myself. I calm my emotions. I calm my heart. Um, and just l- developing the practice of meditation changed my relationship with Chandra, with my wife in in a great way, Mm -hmm. um, because we were able to focus more attention on specific things. And for those that are of a spiritual background, Mm -hmm. they may be sitting here going, well, what's up with these two pastors talking Mm -hmm. about this foo-foo stuff of meditation? And the Bible is full of comments and scriptures about the importance of meditation. Why do you think it said that Jesus would draw away by himself to the mountains? What was he removing? Distraction. Right. So that he could meditate and he could focus. Um, There's one other old example about meditation. Um, Talk about um, the idea of what we can learn from a cow and how they eat with, with the idea of meditation. Yeah. That would, that word in a, in a, uh, in a, picturesque sense is is like a cow chewing its cud over and over and over again to get all the nutrients out of it and uh, so meditation is sort of like that it's 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 thinking on something over and over again uh, looking at it from various dimensions various perspectives whatever's involved in there but you draw out of it the very life and the very essence of what god's trying to convey to you uh, just like a, a cow chews the grass over and over, and it'll, uh, I don't want to go into the detail, but it sort of puts it in the stomach, then it brings it back up, mm-hmm. and it chews it again, goes back down. Chews. So it's it's like a, a regurgitation almost of of, 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 of of the Word of God, 
where it just you just meditate on it and think upon it and and oftentimes what happens you may see you may see it in one way but as you think on it you see something else in that scripture that you hadn't seen before whatever that has a greater dimension or strength as it ministers into your life so yeah most people may not know that cows were designed with multiple right you know compartments within their stomach and each compartment does a specific thing with the food that they eat right and so they do by the time they get done they have completely nutriently uh consumed every piece of nutrient that that is in that food and so from a spiritual standpoint the value of meditation for a christian because most people are going to meditate on the word of god would be to take a segment and just consistently think about it now that kind of goes against the idea of a quiet time where we get in there for like 15 minutes and we've got this format that we're going to fill out Um, sure but but from a christian standpoint it would be that from a from pulling it the principle out of the spiritual world into everyday life, the the advantage of that scripture in Psalm 131, I've quieted myself. Man, sometimes if we're in a stressful situation, we got to, we need to learn how to quiet our mind so that we can deal with the information that that needs to be dealt with. Right. Sometimes meditation can help us filter through the non-essential information and get down to the root issue that needs to be dealt with. Right. Um, so, so it, it is a wonderful practice. Yeah. Um, let me just give those of you that are listening. If you want to explore um, meditating, here's a couple of ways from someone who learned on his own. Um, but one of my favorite ways to meditate is actually with a candle and I'll get a candle light a candle when I first started would light a candle and, and, uh, bring the light down in the room to where the candle was bright. And I would just focus on that flame mm-hmm. and think about the flame. And, and I would try to actually hear the wisps of the flame, just trying mm-hmm. to focus all of my mental attention on that flame. And it took about a week, but I remember the first time that, that I didn't really notice anything else, right. but I could almost hear that wisp, right? you know, and now I can get into that state a lot easier. Right. And it is a great place to, again, filter out non-essential information to if I'm having an argument with my wife um, so many times, if I'll just go and get alone for a few mm-hmm. minutes and meditate and and try to get down to the root issue mm-hmm. that's causing the argument. Right. And most of the time it's me responding to other stuff that I didn't even need to respond to. But it helps me to, to filter mm-hmm. that stuff out. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we're going to actually have a podcast specifically on the practice of meditation in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, just know that if you're someone who feels like your mind is always racing, like you go to bed at night and you feel like you can't shut your brain off. Um, there is practices. There are things that you can do without taking drugs, other, right. other medication. You can learn to quiet your mind. You mm-hmm. can learn to find a place of peace. You can learn to have rest. And um, throughout this podcast, as we go forward, we're going to try to address that. But meditation is quietly thinking. Mm -hmm. Prayer, though, is verbally speaking. So talk about that. I know you and I wrote a book one time for our prayer group at the church called 21 Days, um, and we we titled it Pray First. Mm -hmm. And you put in in the article that you wrote how that prayer changed your life. Right. Um, how did that really happen, the, the idea of praying out loud? 
Well, um, actually, I, I didn't. I didn't really know how to pray until I had this encounter with the Lord. And the first thing He said, getting back to just real quick the meditation, uh, out of this encounter that happened that evening, I made a commitment. I was going to. I was going to get up out of bed early, and I was going to start with God every day. That hadn't been my format. I'd just pick up God along the way somewhere and try and fit in whatever He wanted as I was going through my day in the past. But He said, "No, no, no. Seek Me first. You know." And I heard on the floor the scripture of David, uh, early will I seek thee. So I thought, I'm going to start getting up early, set my alarm, got up early. But the Lord said, when you wake up, do not turn your radio on. Do not pick up a book. Do not look at anything. Don't turn the TV on. Get in your car, because I was going to go to the church every day and spend time with him, and come to the church. When you come to the church, don't go to your office. Don't get anything. Don't let anything distract you from me. You come right into my presence. Get before me on your face. And let me show you and tell you. And he taught me to, Lord, if there's anything in me, show me and tell me. And he showed me and told me a whole lot. Not in a punitive way. Does He doesn't bring condemnation on us. He shows us things so we can, he can take it out, if you will. We can repent of it. And he can put more of, of what he wills and in, in, in his presence, his purpose in our life. And, and so I learned, as I just quieted myself before the Lord, then things began to come up that I just began to pray out. First of all, it was introspective because he was showing me areas I had missed it, areas of my life that had fallen short. It wasn't going to send me to hell, but I was that priest. I was so busy that I didn't really care to, to function in with, with a compassionate heart that Jesus did, you know. So I spent a lot of that early on experience of just, Lord, show me and tell me what's in there. And he would show me and I'd repent of it, you know. Um, and, and then there came a point uh, where as I began to dialogue with him, one day I said, Lord, what's happening when I'm praying? And bam, 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 he gave me three scriptures that I believe is a revelation. I call it the closet dweller, uh, a revelation for me that shows uh, when we come into the presence of God, Psalm 91 takes place. We come under the shadow of the Most High, and he begins to stand up over our life and overshadow us. When we come into his presence, he'll stand up and overshadow us, right? And the, that word Almighty has many uh, dimensions to it in, in reference and meaning, but um, uh, one of the, the primary meaning is he sets us in a place of wide open spaces, unfenced, unrestrained, unrestricted, that when we come into his presence, all things truly become possible, right? And then he took me over and showed me in, in Matthew 6, he says, when you come into my presence, come, come into the closet and shut the door. There's that getting quiet again. That word closet in the, in the Hebrew is literally the storeroom. It's where mm -hmm. all the goods are kept. And so if you want what I have for you, son, come into my presence begin to interact with me. And he taught me, you don't have to really ask for anything from me anymore because through Christ, I have given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. So when you are synced up with me, there's just a free flow of blessing and provision coming into your life continually. So you don't have to beg for it, plead for it. You just say, Lord, thank you that I have that. And you get what you celebrate. So you begin to praise God and thank God for it. And those things begin to manifest in your life, not because you're praying them into your life, but because they're already there. You're activating them by your thanksgiving and by your gratitude, right? And then thirdly, he took me over to uh, John 15, where he said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. If you will abide in me and my living word, my rhema word abide in you, you can ask for anything and it'll be done for you. I mean, that's carte blanche. That's mind blowing that God would tell us that. But there's a dimension of relationship where everything, Jesus said it like this, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. 
that things about your life and my life and things about the lives of the people that are listening to us right now, God has everything already established that when we come to him and we allow and ask for his will, his kingdom to come, his will to be done, he begins to unfold and release everything he has for us. And uh, that's what I found in the context of what happens when we pray. And so from that point on, it was like everything shifted in my life. I was sitting there one day. He said, what would you do for me if you had an unlimited cash flow? I never dreamed of an unlimited cash flow. I thought, well, we could do more to reach people in our community. He said, no, your future's not here. That next morning, I stood on 11 half acres, and we had bought that property within two weeks. I didn't even know it existed. And then out of that, he moved the congregation to where we're at right now. Everything that we've done has flowed out of that encounter, that relationship, not because I brought it to pass, because he willed it. And I just walked out what he started showing and telling me to do, right? And that's the beauty of prayer. Prayer isn't trying to get something from God. It's aligning ourselves with the will of God so we can have a download of what he has on his mind. The Bible says, you have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. goes on to say, you know all things. I mean, think about the dimension of that. Now, in our natural, rational mind, that's, that, that's, that, that doesn't compute. But in a spiritual connectedness with the eternal God, everything becomes available. Everything becomes possible. All wisdom can flow. All knowledge can flow. And whatever you need, he can impart that to you. And, and so it's a glorious way to live. It's the way he intended us to live when you go back to Genesis 1 and 2 in the original prototype of life that he created us to live on this earth. And so I just, uh, if people are listening today, and, and they, now what helped me, the Holy Spirit encountered me. And through that encounter, I knew immediately I needed to submit and surrender to what he wanted to do. I had to willingly surrender and say, Lord, I'm going to make a change here. I'm going to offer my will up to your will. I'm not going to be so, so concerned about all I need to do every day. I'm going to pursue this relationship with you first and foremostly, and then develop the pattern that he had for me. And that was getting up early, going to the church and uh, having this interaction with him uh, over the process of three months. And, uh, and then he formed, he formed that in me. And once you've been somewhere, you know how to get there. And I can get there in a moment now because I have this thing in me and it's, it's continually there. It's just a matter of refocusing. It's a matter of just stopping and, and focusing on the Lord and releasing your heart to him. And then things begin to take place. So it's a glorious way to live. Um, and it's for everybody. And it, 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 it strengthens our relationships with our family. It strengthens our relationships with other people. Other people begin to look at you different, begin to see you different, begin to respond to you Different things happened in the congregation that I didn't intend, but they began to hear God in a way through me that they hadn't heard before. They began to see me in another dimension of leadership that I didn't I didn't carry before. Uh, and so when they came and said, we're going to follow you, whatever you say, we're going to do it. We're going to go wherever you go. And so I led them out of a place they had been 77 years to a new piece of property, you know. And I'm just saying all that to say when God is at work, everything shifts and everything opens up to you of great uh, expectation of things that be well, the Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can even ask or think according to his will that works in you. So I know for uh, some people that maybe are, are uh, wondering about this, this whole, this prayer thing. And why are we talking about that on this kind of a podcast? 
It's because the idea of renewing is centered in the understanding that we are created beings. Right. If we are created, then there has to be a creator. And so understanding that I am created means that I need to find ways to connect with the, with my creator who created me then to do a specific thing, to live a specific way. Um, we've already said earlier that, that he created us for relationship and right. that's true. Right. And that's the, the foundational truth. But there is another layer of truth that he did create us to do something. Right. He created us to extend his character, his his right. uh, um, nature mm-hmm. into the earth, which is what Adam was originally commanded to do. Mm-hmm. And I think for some of us that are that are Christians, we are on this journey of trying to figure out how do I really carry this character of God without the trappings I've been taught of religion mm-hmm. because the two really don't go together. Right. That's why Jesus and the religious leaders had such animosity between each other right. um, because Jesus saw them perverting what God had originally designed and right. wanted. And so for some of us that are Christians that are frustrated with life right now, um, the place that we need to begin is starting with that idea, that understanding I'm a created being there's a creator i need to get connected to god right and for some people they're going to hear that and say okay you're saying i need to go to church and that's not necessarily what i'm saying at right all. what i am saying and what what you're saying is you got to start with the relationship right and for you prayer was how that thing transformed in your life mm-hmm. and prayer was how i heard you say earlier prayer was how you received um, thoughts, information. That's mm-hmm. what you mean by downloads, right? Thoughts and information and ideas, right. imagery, yeah, right? Imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's go for an. Let's take and spin it another another way. Uh, let's talk for a minute about um, how prayer and meditation can help someone who has a negative mentality, a negative mindset. Uh, so some people, when they hear the word prayer, they think about silent prayer, which we're calling meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is really something special and important about learning to pray out loud. Right. Um, because you've taught me that, and God has taught me that the second greatest voice in my world is my own. The greatest right. one is his, right. the second greatest one is mine. Right. And so when, when I begin to learn that and begin to realize when I pray, I'm hearing what I'm saying. And the Bible says in Romans 12, you're changed by the renewing of your mind. But it also says that um, you're changed as you hear the word. And so as I pray, I'm not just praying to God. I'm praying for myself to hear what I'm saying. And so I remember on my journey when um, when I begin to pray, you know, through every day, I begin to realize I'm telling myself how I'm going to react to situations before I even get there. I'm preparing myself mentally that when this happens, I'm going to respond with grace. Um, Right. So, and in that I was renewing my mind Mm -hmm. to begin to think through or think with the characteristics that we find of the creator through the Bible. Right. He's a God of peace. He's a God of love. He's a, God of, of acceptance. And right. so kind of spin, talk it, talk about that for just a minute about how that praying out loud can help us change our mindset from 
from a negative mindset, because if you have a negative mindset today, you have a negative mindset, just like I did, because you're talking yourself into it. You're, you're speaking it through the voice in your mind about how bad you are, how un, uh, unloved you are about how undeserved deserving you are for whatever position you're in that negative mindset, that voice inside your head, that's playing that over and over and over. We're literally talking ourselves into a negative mindset. Well, if we talk ourselves into a negative mindset, we right. can pray ourselves into a positive mindset. So kind right. of talk about that for a few well, minutes. Uh, there, there's a dimension here that I have learned over the course of time that uh, the spirit, the mind, and the body are all programmable. Right. And what happens is, as we articulate, as we say something, not only is what's in those words or what's in the reverberation of my voice going out of me, it's going into me. And I program myself by the words that I speak. Everything in this world is formed by words and responds to words. God spoke everything into existence, even you and me. And therefore, if we understand that, we respond to the words we speak. The Bible talks about there is life and death in the tongue. Speak blessing or speak cursing. Because whatever comes out of you is also going into you. And so I learned that I can program myself that prayer not only deepens and strengthens this communion between me and my father, but it also programs and prepares my mind, my will, my body for what is ahead of me. It's like in the sports realm. We're into football season, okay? What do they do? They watch tapes so they can learn the characteristics of the person they're going to be lining up against. And then they, they get it so ingrained in them that they just respond and react at the moment without thinking because they program their body. It's like their, their muscles have been taught to respond uh, just instantaneously to whatever the situation is. Well, they train themselves that way. Well, that, that's true in a, in a holistic way with our spirit, mind, and our emotions. That as we're praying and we're praying the, the, the will of God, we're praying the word of God, we're, we're speaking positive words and not negative death words. Uh, it, it brings life to you and it programs you. For instance, I say, okay, uh, there's a scripture that I pray, um, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So I say, Father, I set myself up to walk in forgiveness today. Right. That regardless of whatever I may hear or, 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 or encounter, I'm going to be quick to respond. I'm going to be quick to release forgiveness, right? And so you program yourself that no matter what happens, you immediately respond to it. It's like a counterpunch in a boxing match or whatever. And so there's the value of praying um, um, with words because you're programming yourself as well as releasing life through what you say to where you are able to create a whole new existence. You really can recreate your own world by the words you speak. And the Bible teaches this all the way through. That's why words are so important. They said of Jesus, he, he teaches like somebody that has authority, not like the scribes and Pharisees, right? And so the challenge for us is to understand how God created us to work in this context of, of not just releasing sounds, uh, or releasing whatever comes up out of our mind, be it good, bad, or ugly, uh, because that's what we're going to get. You're going to get what you say. You're going to get 
because you're programming your life to follow after your words. And your words literally give direction to your life. And so I think it's interesting that the Bible is called the Word Mm -hmm. of God. So when we take His Word and begin to declare His Word, then we get the results that His Word promises in our life. Uh, And that's a discipline, but everybody can learn to do that. And when we do, it changes our heart, it changes our mind, it changes our body, it changes relationships, it changes our uh, the whole nature and culture of the world we live in. Um, and so um, I just encourage people to, to start a, on a journey of transformation and renewal and, and start it with, with learning how to quiet yourself and, and get acquainted with God. I, I didn't know God like I needed to know him. He was my spiritual father, but I didn't know him until I spent time with him. And you only get to know people by spending time with them. And the more you spend time with God and in his word, the more you come to know him. And then you begin to think like he does. You begin to talk like he does. You begin to respond and live like he does. And you get the results that he promises. A lot of people get angry with God because they're asking for this and they're praying for this, but they don't get it. Right. Because they haven't completely come into alignment or oneness, unity with the Lord in spirit, mind, and body. And, and when that's in place, then he says, you abide in me, my word abide in you. You can ask what you will. It will, it will be done for you. And so there's, there's a dimension there we can all grow into that opens up greater vistas of God's uh, abundant grace, blessing, and provision for our life. So if you're someone today who is struggling in your profession, you feel like you are um, just going through the motions, there's no life in it for you. Um, this podcast is talking to you. If you're someone who your marriage, your relationship feels like you're just going through the motions and there is no life uh, in that relationship, this podcast is for you today. If you're someone driving down the road right now and you feel this tugging in your heart that God wants to connect with you, we're talking to you right now. And I want you to know that your words are incredibly important. Let me show you how important your words are. There's a famous story, again, going back to the Bible in Matthew chapter 15, where the Pharisees are coming to Jesus and they are upset that his disciples are not washing their hands. Obviously, there was no COVID-19 at that time, but they were upset the disciples were not washing their hands before they ate. Um, I know that sounds kind of gross because we all do that, but you have to understand the Pharisees and the, the Jews, let's put it that way, Everything had a spiritual component to it. So you washed your hands before you ate because then the food didn't get defiled. Okay. There wasn't quote sin attached to the food. And so these, these disciples were doing it the wrong way. They were just coming up, sitting down and they were eating. And the, the religious leaders got really, really upset and came to Jesus and said, why do you teach your, your uh, disciples to break, break the traditions and break the rules, if you will. And Jesus makes them comments to the people and and uh, makes a statement about the pharisees that they worship me with their lips but their hearts are far from me and as dad as you were talking i just wanted to jump in and just kind of wrap up today by saying there is a difference between speaking words and speaking words from your heart right and sometimes in our relationships our relationships get into ruts because we say the right words but they are our hearts not in those words that's true and if we're going to renew ourselves we've got to start connecting our words to our heart okay well if you can buy into that then check this out jesus then comes back and he says 
No one is defiled by what goes into their mouth, but by what comes out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. And that's what you were saying when Mm -hmm. words are important. Some of us, one of the first things I did when I started really getting a hold of this, I had to start taking an inventory of my words. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, I went a little crazy. Like I had one of those pocket recorders and I would just set it on and keep it in my pants and it would record for like four hours. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go back and painfully listen to it. And I would hear some of the things that I said, especially when I forgot I had the recorder and just to hear kind of the anger or the frustration Mm -hmm. that was coming out of me. And that helped me to realize, man, I need to, that, that's showing me that there's frustration in my heart. There's anger inside of my heart because the, our words will tell on us, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I just want to encourage you today that one of the best places you can begin to renew your life is in this area of your words. And it's not about just saying, I'm going to talk better, or I'm going to be more positive in my words. You have to change the lexicon of your mind, right? And you change the lexicon of your mind through prayer and meditation and praying out loud and, and speaking about how you're going to handle things. I, I'm, I feel like I'm speaking to someone today um, who is having an issue in your relationship. And I just want to say to you, sir, that you can change your relationships if you will pray about the woman, the your wife, the way God has designed her to be. Instead of rehearsing in right. your mind all the things she's doing wrong, why don't you start praying every day, thanking God, and then declaring who she is, how how wonderful she is, all the positive characteristics of your wife. If you'll begin to do that, it'll get into your heart and it can change your marriage. How do I know that? Because it happened for me. Right. Prayer and your words are that powerful. Right. All right. Well, Dad, we've got a couple of minutes left, so I want you to take a few minutes and if as best you can, I know this is going to be a little bit of a challenge for you, yeah. <laughs> but, but I really want to, I want to, I want you to zone, zoom out Yeah. for the next few minutes. We're not just talking to Christians, right? We're talking to people driving down the road. They're walking right. in the park. Maybe they're not connected to Christ the way that, that they could be, but yet they're interested in how they can renew their life, how they can get this newness of life. How can prayer and meditation, how can that lead them to the creator in in a way that will, will bring life to them? Well, I would say this very, very quickly, accept the fact, first of all, and this is a foremost fact of life that you are created by God and that God is continually 24 seven communicating with you, whether you realize it right now or not. And a way to explore that is when you get into a position, maybe this afternoon or this evening, just go outside, sit on a porch or something, and just stop and silence yourself and look at the beauty around you. Look at the flower trees. Look at the sunset. Look at that and just allow God's presence in those things to begin to touch your inner man. And what happens is your spirit man begins to come alive and uh, God literally can breathe his life into you through his creation. Romans 1 talks about that, that he, he reveals himself through his creation. Look at the stars and just, just sit and wander about the awesomeness of God. And that begins a process of sort of sensitizing you to the awareness that God is all around you in everything. One of the practices I've learned is see God in everything. 
not that he is everything. He's not that tree, but he created that tree. He's not that flower, but he created that flower. So when you look at those and you see the beauty of them and the artistry in it, it begins to impact your heart. And, and what happens is you'll become born again by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the presence of God will come and renew your inner man. And then you mix that with the Word of God, with the Bible. And you go over and begin. I say read the red. If you have a red letter edition, start reading the red which is the words of Jesus, and just think upon them as you're reading them. I had a practice when I first came to Christ because I the Bible seemed overwhelming to me, and I found myself when I picked it up, I said one day, by the will of God, I didn't preordain to say this, it just came up out of me, Holy Spirit, you wrote this book, so reveal it to me. And as you open it and read it, he'll begin to reveal that to you. And the, Jesus says, the words that I speak are spirit and life. So every time you open the Bible and read it, life is coming into you and it begins to change you and transform you. And the very uh, power of God's creative work begins to alter you inside out. It has to start on the inside first because when the inside is changed, the outside can change. And so I just encourage you to do that. And I'm not trying to talk about some kind of go to church, get religious. I'm talking about just be aware that God created you And if you'll silence yourself and look at the creation about you, you'll begin to come to know God through his creation and then pick up a Bible one day, turn to uh, the the New Testament and the red letters and, and just say, Holy Spirit, speak this to me as I read it. And then just start reading and see what the Holy Spirit begins to to breathe into you. And I guarantee you uh, things will be begin to change on the inside of you. And there'll become what the Bible calls a hunger and thirst, a desire for more. And all of a sudden, you take on this dimension of life and living that flows from the inside of you outward. We live so much from the outside in. If I had this, if I had that, I'd feel better. No, if you had the life of God flowing out of you, everything out here looks different, feels different, becomes different. And so I just offer that to you today. Uh, uh, Just ask God to reveal himself to you as you just meditate on whatever is before you, and I say a sunset, a flower, a tree, whatever, and uh, watch what happens. And then pick up a Bible, not out of a religious duty, but just say, I want to I find out what God has to say to me and go to what Jesus has to say in the red and read it and begin to let the life of that flow into you. And things will begin to take on a greater dimension. And then I'll tell you what happens the Holy Spirit will begin to lead you, guide you, and direct you. And if you wake up every day with an attitude, Lord, your will, not my will be done, he'll begin to bring about his will for your life, which will bring total and complete transformation. Amen. Well, listen, I'm glad that you were with us today, those of you that are listening. And uh, I just want you to know you have the power within you to change your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the power within you to change any situation. You have the power to get a hold of your health. Uh, you have the power to change the way you think. And you have the power to connect with the creator, God, who designed you and and is equipping you to fulfill a purpose and a plan in the earth today. So I just I want to thank you for your time. Dad, thanks for being in here and sharing. And um, we are just so honored uh, that you are with us. If you would like to find out more about what we are doing, hang here at Stream Grace Network. And uh, we are always thinking of you, praying for you, and we believe that God wants to help renew you. God bless. See you next time.